0: do you want more energy better sleep and better health who wouldn't get a free scalar light no obligation 15-day trial at scalarlight.com
1: hi this is steve roost and you're listening to health tech hour on uk health radio each week we give you the best news views and interviews from the health technology world from ceos and founders to entrepreneurs and clinicians The companies and people that are shaping the future face of healthcare. All on the world's number one Talk Health Radio. Hello and welcome to Health Tech Hour. My name is Steve Roost and each week we bring you the best news, views and interviews with the CEOs, founders and leaders who are driving the health tech revolution in the UK and beyond. I'm a CEO and founder of a health tech company myself and I'm passionate about the people and companies who are changing the world. Before I introduce today's guest, as always, I'd like to ask everyone listening to follow us on the socials. It's at Health Tech Hour and also follow the station, which is at UK Health Radio to stay on top of all of the great content that's coming up. It was a great show last week with Dan Bunston from Push Doctor. Check it out on UKHealthRadio.com for the listen on demand and or on, on YouTube on the Health Tech Hour YouTube channel for the video. Today's show, we're talking about a completely new area of health tech for the show. It's not something we've covered before. It's called Bioelectronics and Electroceuticals. And we've got Rick Rowan, the CEO and founder of NeuroCore. That's N-U-R-O-K-O-R who are a pioneer in this unbelievably exciting field. Now, regular listeners know that one of the reasons that we do this show is to learn ourselves about exciting health tech and new areas and new developments. We like to showcase it to you to help educate you about everything else that's going on and and bring you in touch with the leaders who are really changing the face of healthcare. This is definitely the case with Rick and this area of bioelectronics and electroceuticals. This was not an area that I was familiar with prior to our production planning session with Rick, but is one that as of as of learning about this, I can't stop reading about it. So just to provide some context as to what on earth we're talking about before we introduce Rick, um, 20 percent of the world's population suffers from chronic pain. The number one reason for workplace absenteeism is musculoskeletal pain. And the number one type of musculoskeletal pain is back pain. Beyond chronic pain, McKinsey, who are a huge, huge, extremely prestigious, quite expensive consulting firm, have published significant amount of research that indicates that bioelectronics and electroceuticals could potentially revolutionize treatment for a whole range of conditions, from paralysis right the way through to Crohn's disease. This this area spans implantable devices to non-invasive products, And this area is really blowing up. And Rick and his team at NeuroCore are really driving innovation with their products that are already in the market in the UK. Rick is a mission driven founder, and it's a pleasure to get him on the show to educate us about this area. So, Rick, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: Well, Steve, thanks for the impressive introduction. I'm very pleased to be here. Thank you.
1: Good. So I ask everyone, you know, it's been a pretty rough 13, 14 months in in many ways. What's mm. the mood in the camp been like at NeuroCore? And, and how are things now? Uh, you know, it's been,
0: it's been an interesting time, obviously, not just for us, but for, you know, globally. Uh, for, you know, we were decentralized being, being a startup. We, you know, had a, a, didn't have a central office at that time. So from an operational perspective, we literally didn't miss a beat. But, um, it's been quite a positive journey for us from a commercial perspective uh, for, you know, probably not positive reasons, mm. but um, the issue with musculoskeletal health has actually been exacerbated by working from home and working remotely. Right. So even, you know, perhaps when, when people were in the office or working at office, they were travelling to and from, uh, you know, they were getting up for lunch breaks, etc. But what's been happening a lot is people have been even more stationary than what they were previously at their work positions. And it's created, uh, you know, more issues for lower back pain, neck strain, uh, all of these things. And that has seen an uptick for us uh, from a commercial perspective, you know, for solutions, uh, including, uh, you know, running pain clinics through pharmacies, which is something we can probably expand on a little bit later. Um, You know, we've got a, a growing number of pharmacies that are growing weekly that are running pain clinics within within the pharmacy practice mm-hmm. you know there's a during lockdown et cetera and even still it 's not been easy to see physical therapists, particularly through the NHs yeah. uh, so people have needed sort of at home solutions or or solutions remote that you know a, a physical therapist is by its uh, its name physical therapy, mm-hmm. and so remote consultation, although of course you know through exercise structures guidance can. Can give benefit. Um, the physical stimulation of the soft tissue uh, and/or joints is not uh, possible, and it's not that easy to you know, do it yourself, particularly on your back. Yeah. But electrical stimulation, or you know, the, with the correct parameters, it is possible to have physical benefit from that stimulation.
1: I think that's really interesting, and and again, that's not something that I'd ever thought about. Which is that you know, working from home or an increase in working from home has lots of benefits in, in many ways. Hmm. Um, but one of, the, one of the downsides is that you know, there's been a lot of money invested in creating healthy work environments at work, yes. in workspaces, you know, screens, monitors, ergonomic chairs. And all, all of that doesn't really exist at home, which actually I think is what you're highlighting, which is that's a sort of an, un, an, un, um, an unintended consequence, um, yeah. which is an uptick in, in musculoskeletal um, pain which I think is really, yeah, I hadn't really considered that that would happen.
0: No, and, you know, similarly, um, the the then, not only the increase in that, but the the decrease in therapy availability. Right, of course. Whether that's even a GP visit, you know, even GP visits uh, at the moment are still somewhat problematic. And um, uh, so, you know, there's been an uptick in people looking for solutions and you know through our pharmacy network and our cl- clinician network uh, uh you know having the product uh provided through them has been one thing but also to just the sheer amount of you know online searches but for, for solutions right just before has
1: it really the, the you've seen the, the traffic and the, the search volume increase
0: yeah i mean for for us uh in the october quarter as an example during that lockdown period we saw 150 Six percent increase on the previous year. Wow. Um, with no change in in ad spent, right? Uh, and, and then, of course, you know, commercially uh, across the board, we've we've seen a, a, a great uptick. But uh, that online presence, I think, was a good indicator.
1: Cool. That that yeah, that makes makes sense. We'll come back to the pharmacy piece because actually, that's it's interesting that you bring that up. So, in one of the previous shows, we had um, Adam Hunter who is one of the senior team at Flow Digital Pharmacy on. And we mm-hmm. got quite into a, an interesting discussion, which ties into what you were just saying around the role of community pharmacies in yes. a world where prescriptions can be, um, uh, b- prescriptions can be digi- digitized mm-hmm. and sent to your door. What role does community pharmacy play? And I think that pain, cl- pain clinics, have, there are services which by definition have to involve touching the patient. Mm-hmm. Therefore, and I think that, that what you've tit on there with pain clinics is 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 one of those so let's we can definitely follow back follow back on that one and as regular listeners know to the show we do the show in three parts So the first part is an origins part. So how you came to be on your journey to be changing the world. And the middle part is all of the great stuff that you and Neurocore are doing to change the world. And then the final bit, if we get to it, is more around what the future is and whether or not there's some issues of the day that we we can kick around. So um, just to get started, how how did you begin your journey into health tech? Because you you weren't always in health
0: tech. No, I was in uh, property primarily uh, prior to that retail i mean at the end of the day regardless of the industry i mean there's 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 areas within within the industry and uh property yes it is around you know physical property but ultimately it's around people it's around it's about lifestyle it's about you know things so not just quality of life but experience of, of life you know, the home plays a big part and with regards to the science i have always had a, a an inquisitive scientific mind going back to um Early school school days, but I'd also been a, a lifelong back suffer, back pain sufferer. I'd had other physical issues, including knee, which I did have um, an operation on. But my lower back, I recall, as young as around the age of ten or, or eleven, having an issue that I had to go to the GP about, mm. and things only got worse worse, yeah. worse from there. Um, you know, to the point where in my teens they were considering surgery, exploratory surgery, okay, um, which I did have. I would say m- moderately unsuccessfully on my knee. So, thankfully, we avoided surgery of the back, okay, um,
1: which is a big deal. And that, when you say exploratory, does that mean they didn't exactly know what it was, so they were going to do surgery to try and figure out what it was? Is that what correct, that means? Correct. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, wow, that's a big deal.
0: Y- yes, and that, you know that that solution was. Uh, offered uh, many times and I, I think you know if you speak to even um to any good spinal surgeon that you know they'll tell you realistically it should be a last resort uh, you know w- with regards to a solution but nonetheless uh through my 20s and 30s it was always there and towards the you know my later 30s it became quite Problematic as in it would affect, it was affecting my quality of life. I mean, it always had, but it was affecting it more to the point where I was starting to sort of relook and seek at new solutions um, because it would be something as simple as doing up my shoelace or, you know, washing the car or just bending the wrong way mm. would trigger it. And it could put me on my back, excuse the pun, yeah. or, um, <laughs> for, 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 for days, sometimes even longer. Okay, and it was really debilitating, and it was the point was, you know, causing me mental stress uh, yeah. at times.
1: I mean, it must have been a huge. I think this is one of the things where c- c- chronic pain like that can be extremely debilitating without being life threatening.
0: Yeah, uh, And, you know, it's 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 isolating. Um, it is debilitating, and uh, you, you know, sometimes when it was really really bad you know you sort of do things to extremes that you probably shouldn't so you, you take a concoction of of pain painkillers just trying to get some some relief right. um the solutions were always similar we can give you uh, you know we can give you injections and give you localized injections we can increase the painkillers um try this anti-inflammatory ultimately uh, all quite band-aid solutions for what was an intrinsic issue
1: so interestingly what um so w- when you were going through that, it sounds like you met multiple clinicians across the mm-hmm. span of what fifteen years. I mean, quite a yes. relatively long period of time. Mm-hmm. Did did anyone try and address what might be a cause of it, or was it very much symptom treatment oriented?
0: So I mean, we, I got plenty of recommendations to to physios, and right. you know, physical treatment w- was helpful. I'm not taking anything away from clinicians or, or from from physios, but the problem is the physio couldn't be there when I needed it or, or, you know, and it just wasn't practical to be continuously going for what ended up being, you know, a short-term, uh, you know, re- relief. Mm. Um, and the clinicians probably less so. It was, you know, it was always about a primarily, you know, even so some of the solutions they were uh, expecting to be slightly longer-term lasting or longer lasting they were still primarily Band-Aid solutions for the issue and not something that i could uh, live with ongoing as in you know couldn't do uh, you know long term i remember talking to to one it was sort of a real light bulb moment when you know i suggested that i take 3000 milligrams of paracetamol um, which is about six average tabs a day i got a prescription for about a month <laughs> i asked the question you know how you know how long am i expected that this will 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 last and you know not in the exact words but um what was um the answer that was given is literally you know that there is no end (laughs) as long as 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 long as you you need them Uh, and uh, you know adding to that was also the anti-inflammatory side because you know, the, the soft tissue inflammation is, is often a, a trigger or inflammation is often a trigger for the pain. And uh, so I would need to take both because one without the other um, didn't have much effect. And, you know, m- many times actually the combination of two, even overtaking them. Yeah, like I was naive. I was a you know, consumer. I didn't know what the risks were. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted relief. And, you know, I would, it would take too many. But they, they just at some points, sometimes they just would do, do nothing.
1: Yeah,
0: and then um, about oh, six or seven years ago, I was introduced to the humble tens machine. Okay. Um, purely by accident, I was actually looking for a business opportunity, okay. <laughs> and a um, uh, distribution of, of these uh, came up, and I tried it, and it actually gave me relief. I mean, I'd had tens or, or stimulation therapy at the physio. But again, you know, it was it was temporary short term and it, it probably worked while I was there. But it needed an operator for one. Okay. And two, um, you know, but sheer nature was temporary. OK, so this transmission gave me relief like I had never had previously. And, you know, wow. I was the question, why, why was I never offered something you know, like this as a potential solution? Why? why what was the answer to that? Well, that's, that's sorry. how things eventuated. But the, the caveat to that is that it didn't always work. Sometimes it would not work at all. It would literally do do nothing, which caused me to start to research, you know, around electrical stimulation, nerve stimulation, neuromuscular, starting to understand the parameter differences and mm-hmm. looking at um, studies. So I started to learn how to read, um, you know, meta-analysis and clinical studies and, you know, what the the real data was. And what I was seeing was that the results were definitely parameter-specific. So, you know, you couldn't just plug yourself into the the wall and go for 50 hertz. Um, That might work short-term, but you become very stiff after. And um, (laughs) Yes. Uh, But sometimes you would see different parameters for same therapeutic applications that would sometimes have similar outcomes or sometimes have... Have completely different, um, you know, success. And you know, as I got into it, starting to understand the, the and study the various parameters in those therapeutic or accepted therapeutic applications. And so to think about, well, you know, some physios are very well trained in electrical stimulation therapy, as an example, mm-hmm. and they get great results. Others not so much. And it was. It was around the therapy application, so you know the the parameters themselves were very important to the outcome or, or the applicant. And also, too, what I needed or what worked for me one day didn't work the next. And so, okay. pain is not static; it's quite dynamic. The body's changing all the time, and so are its needs.
1: And is that um, is that is that is that um, dynamic nature of of chronic pain pain is that consistent across? generally all sufferers of it does it is it is it is it is is that is that a consistent issue that it it doesn't stay static
0: you know they probably in some regards but again everybody's um you know different. different some some of our patients will use the same modality or the same formula repeatedly and continuously get the same outcome others continue like myself as an example, um particularly in the early days, would need to continuously change which parameter I was using uh, to get to get a result. And I also had multiple different triggers. And I think it really this, there's so many variables to it. And this is this is the point really is that there isn't one um solution. And so to build a a better product or a better solution uh, need, you know, required new thinking. And um, so I, I did co-found a, a business in Australia that was, you know, sort of based around that um, type of product. And uh, the more I investigated, the more I learned, the more I understood that electrical stimulation as a direct mechanical function within the body, because the body is, you know, we we are all electric. If you haven't got electricity flowing through you, um, you're no longer with us in the you've you got know. bigger problems than chronic pain <laughs> yes i mean yeah i mean if any any type of health occurrence uh, occurs, any type of emergency, the first thing that 's measured is the vitals yep. and that includes your electrical vitals right and um so I, I grew that company and i I really really felt um you know that uh, electrical stimulation. Or, or the various modalities of electrostimulation stimulation were so underserved and underdeveloped. Mm. And there was so much opportunity here. And the more I looked into it and particularly things like microcurrent and soft tissue and, and these that uh, I became obsessed, if you like. Okay. And, and um, uh, that was how NeuroCore w- was born. But, you know, in credit to bioelectronics, or electrocyticals themselves, um, you know, we've also attracted some, Eminent expertise within that area, who also are of the same belief and vision around its potential. And, you know, NeuroCore sort of taken on a a life of its own with regards to its growing, um, not just repertoire, but areas of expertise and where electroceuticals can have a direct therapeutic benefit. Everything from pain. So, pain is obviously a big one and a a primary for us. But then you've got things like um, wound healing, tissue regeneration um you, you've, you you know when you're talking about inflammation uh, this covers such a broad area uh, you know as does pain
1: yeah um so let's let's jump um, we're going to jump around a little bit cuz i feel like at this point it would be really helpful if you could just explain a little bit behind the terms bioelectronics and electroceuticals mm-hmm. and and you know to the to the things that you were just talking about around you know, parameters and modalities and if you could give us a little bit of background on, on the actual science, because I know that there's a huge body of clinical work around the effect the efficacy of these things, but I think a bit of background might be helpful.
0: Sure. So bioelectronics is as the name implies, it's biological, um, you know, electrical bioelectrical. Parameters. Now, bioelectronics—they're all around us. You just don't—we just don't realize it. Everything from a defibrillator to a heart rate monitor to pulse or or pulse oximeter are bioelectronics. Uh, Cochlear implants and and um, pacemakers are bioelectronics. Electroceuticals are the therapeutic applications of electrical stimulation. For you know, a lot of people could say that they're for areas that are potentially could also, could replace pharmaceuticals. So that's okay. one objective. I mean, we we term electroceuticals as literally any form of um, electrical parameter that can be applied as a therapeutic regardless of whether or not it's, you know, a replacement for a pharmaceutical. So, you know, it's more than that because physical stimulation as in physical therapy, which, you know, bioelectricals can have an impact on is not necessarily also a pharmaceutical intervention so in in my opinion (laughs) my biased opinion uh, electroceuticals uh, actually exceed the scope of pharmaceuticals because they also um, can be applied in the physical realm
1: okay so let's take that one step further and how what um and then we'll come back a little bit there's a couple more points i want to pick up on again but i think let's continue on this which is that how has NeuroCore interpreted everything that you've just said into the products that it now has and is, is on the market with?
0: Sure. So we, we launched uh, just over two years ago now with an MVP. So for in startup language, that's an acronym for Minimum Viable Product. So essentially a, a product that you take to market to prove the viability of your, your concept or application. We have two products that uh, have been in the market Uh, now that have ended up both in professional sport use and clinical use, neither of which they were developed for, uh, so much well above their weight. Uh, We distribute those uh, US and North America, uh, Norway, Australia, New Zealand, UK, and uh, at the moment also in Ireland, and we've got some Asian markets opening up. So that MVP product was an over-the-counter broad-spectrum use product, so our uh, broad use parameters you know if you if you think about things um you call it cowpole here right yeah
1: yeah we call it cowpole yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, like the, the savior of every parent with small children i can say right. that as a parent <laughs> with small children so. so
0: so these were i suppose the cowpoles of, um, okay. of okay okay of, of Bioelectronics electricity because in that they had a, a broad range of uses everything from being able to help with management of pain to reducing inflammation through uh, stimulation of the soft tissue, right. to also you know we were talking about physical parameters there before. Um, again, with specific parameters, you can improve things like muscle strength, reduce um, sarcopenia or muscle atrophy in the aging, which has a huge um, health benefit. Yeah, and these these particular products, um, although sort of you know I describe them as entry level, obviously there that's. Underselling them, but they've been hugely uh, successful, and both the clinical and and consumer reviews have have been amazing. And as I said, they, they've ended up in areas they were never designed to go. Mm-hmm. But that was just a stepping stone for you know the real uh, parameter developments, and that is the not just specialized applications of the parameters, which I'll come back to you for sure. in just a second, but the personalization of those parameters for the individual which we sort of uh, were talking about earlier so with regards to uh, the parameters nerve stimulation is the application through the peripheral nerve system so there's a whole range of things that can be affected there from obviously the pain pathways to uh, various physiological uh, changes uh, you know benefit or, or therapeutic outcomes so if you've got a let's use lower back pain, the most common one Yep. Um, using nerve stimulation. You can uh, help the patient to manage, manage the pain or improve, improve or reduce pain.
1: And is this, is this, is your, your product that's, that's available now? Is it, <laughs> the, is it like electrodes you stick on to the area or like, how right, does it yeah. actually so work from a customer? We,
0: perspective? we focus currently, I say currently because it could change, but yeah. we, we are primarily we're a non-invasive. Okay. So uh, electrical nerve stimulation, it uh, takes many, many forms. We, we focus on the non-invasive, so through the skin, soft, okay. soft gel pads or, or um, uh, you know, conductive material through the skin. Okay. There is also uh, direct to uh, the nerve root. So Abbott uh, recently reduced a root ganglion stimulator, so directly to the nerve. Then you've also got spinal cord stimulation. You know, which has been around for for quite some time that is uh you know electrodes applied uh, to the spinal cord itself you've also got uh, subcutaneous electrodes that can be inserted into the skin But we focus on the non-invasive so okay. um lo- you know uh so directly applied to the area where you have an issue yeah i mean that that's a probably a
1: whole nother okay discussion. well let's i tell you what let's we've got to go to a commercial break because all this fantastic content on the station thankfully is available due to our wonderful commercial partners so we're going to go to a commercial break now and then after that we'll come right back and pick up with that
0: uk health radio the station that makes you feel good, good. How good are vitamin C supplements? Usually only a small proportion of vitamin C actually reaches your cells and has a positive effect. Whereas the high absorption levels of Goldman Laboratories liposomal vitamin C help maintain optimal vitamin C levels in your body and strengthen your immune system. Now get 10% off when you choose Goldman Laboratories liposomal vitamin C capsules. Just quote 10 off at goldmanlaboratories.com. The station that makes you feel good.
1: So um, picking back up on that issue, Rick, my when I've been on the website, which I, is it neurocore.com? Is that what it is?
0: Yes, that's the company site, correct.
1: Maybe for a, if we could take lower back pain with your product, could you just walk us through step by step what someone does and could expect from the product?
0: Sure. So applying the pads or the applicators as you as you alluded to in the area let, let, let's let call it for, for the time being uh, so lower back pain you'd place the two pads uh, either side of the spine you know around the area and uh, you know again pain is not always direct it's often referred to where you think it's going to work so it just you know it it can take a little bit of uh, experimentation with regards to pad placement, but it's not a big issue. I mean, they're they're reusable. It's not like you stick them and then you st-
1: yeah you've got to throw them
0: away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you would select a mode. Um, you know, whether it's the smaller device, or the bigger device, you'd select. For instance, oh, so yeah. if it's, if it's back pain, you'd select pain or, or pain plus uh, as a mode. Okay. Pain being specifically directed at nerve stimulation. The second part, pain plus, brings in. Frequencies that are specifically, or parameters that are useful for um, uh, micro pulsation of the tissue. Okay. So it's imp- a little bit like massaging there, if you like, to help improve circulation, which again is something that a, a physical therapist would do mm. potentially, or a therapist. But the pharmaceutical c- can only potentially handle the the uh, pain side of it so you know electroceuticals or the device is able to do both of these things
1: right so I, now i understand what you mean when you said at the head of the show that electroceuticals may you know obviously in your somewhat biased opinion take over from pharmaceuticals for certain things because pharmaceutical is a is a drug is a systemic you know device by definition and mm-hmm. obviously it can't manipulate physically tissues in the same way that something stimulating a physical stimulus which your device and, and can deliver as mm-hmm. well as via the electrical stimulation route yeah um, is that is that correct
0: yeah yes that that that's that's a, a, a good descriptor adding to that often that pain triggers a spasm which is a, a you know a, another um, symptom a, a painful symptom of Uh, you know back pain or or many other types of of, um, you know pain associated with the initial issue so yeah yeah, a a secondary cause of pain so uh, again with the right parameters you can release or reduce that um, spasm so this is there's you know a lot of people are asking you know is there a is it can you describe how it works well depending on the patient's needs it can work many many ways and this is I suppose that the beauty and the power of, you know, electroceuticals as a therapeutic. It's mm. there's so many various mechanisms for an individual or for a patient. I mean, that's just talking about lower back pain. Yeah. If we got into things like a, a diabetes patient and the benefits um, there, uh, the the numerous factors become um, even more. And just going back to the, the lower back pain, if we then look at microcurrent, yeah, which can have the effect of reducing inflammation or helping the the tissue to recover or the hip body to you know heal itself uh, at a cellular level uh, again there's there's you know well-established literature with regards to microcurrent and you know applicable parameters so and i, I so and when we had our production meeting call, i think you 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 did a
1: great job of explaining to me who didn't really know anything about this area of, of when you talk about parameters the parameters are those three different types of of stimulation and and one of the things that you guys have done as part of your research in in building the company is the the ability to blend those different parameters and and address specific areas or specific conditions based off of a unique blend of those of those three things. So maybe you, could you kind of just give, give us a bit of an overview about that? Cause I think that might be helpful to explain what you mean by parameter.
0: Sure. So we call those three different types of, uh electrical stimulation modalities, if you like. So peripheral nerve, neuromuscular and microcurrent. The parameters that we describe are those parameters within those modalities. So as an example, uh Nerve stimulation, uh, we're talking about frequency. So, you know, there's a low frequency for the nerve itself. There's higher frequency specifically for pain pathway. You know, everything in between it, we we could get, you know, go very, very deep on that. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the neuromuscular parameters. So we talked then before about the ability to release muscle spasm. We understand that there's certain frequencies and, um, you know, types of phase So, electrical phase and current levels, so level of current applied that are useful for different musculature use. Mm -hmm. Relief of muscle spasm might be one, um, muscle pain might be another. Um, In the case of re educating, uh, um, muscle or the supporting muscles around a knee which is often a cause of knee pain yeah uh, you know there'll be specific parameters that will be useful for that mm-hmm. so what we you know part of Neurocore's job is to research and develop those useful parameters into optimizing their therapeutic use right so what are the best parameters
1: right so when someone gets a product and They've got that product. They can send. They can sort of select within the product. Well, my issue is this, and you have a pre-programmed almost correct. We program for them to follow with the right frequencies, with the right modalities, so it benefits their specific issue.
0: Exactly. We are exactly. electrical formulators. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah. a
1: great. Little, I bet that should be on someone's business card somewhere. I have. Um,
0: have <laughs> I think about that? Yeah. Um, and then, when you get down to microcurrent, so microcurrent works. It's subsensory. So you you, you cannot feel it. Okay. Uh, it's, it mimics uh, endogenous microcurrent, so the, the body's own level of current. So if you have to measure uh, the, the current of your uh, tissue or okay. cells, microcurrent is operating at that same uh, level. Okay. When in its simplest terms, when tissue is damaged, so you've got injury, you've got inflammation, you've got soft tissue damage. Uh, the cell current can drop or, or lower. If it drops low enough, it'll you, you know it can die off. Okay. Uh, but applying again, this is just one um, application. But if you if you can apply endogenous microcurrent, it's been shown to be able to normalize that cellular current, so sort to of bring the tissue back into a healthy range. Wow. And. Obviously, uh, healthy range means faster healing, a whole range of things. But uh, again, we could get into the depths of it, you know, everything from uh, wound closure uh, to burns to. um, So
1: so I uh, think that's uh, that now you you bring that up is really interesting. Like I said at the start of the show, you know, there's a McKinsey article about all of the different uses or applications of bioelectronics and electroceuticals. You've mentioned a few, you know, Mm. obviously chronic pain, wound management diabetes i know that you're in sport i also know that you have something with with um with with animals as well you know animal sports and animal sort of injury how how do you how do you sort of structure with with something that in theory could be used in so many different places Mm -hmm. how are you managing that developmental process and stopping it sort of spiraling out of control
0: It's not easy
1: (laughs) yeah i can (laughs) imagine i mean opportunity is great but then sometimes there's you know, you've got to manage it.
0: Yeah. So, you know, there's a there's a number number of factors. One is, um, do we have the expertise within that particular therapeutic vertical market, as an example? So that's obviously the first consideration. Yeah. Uh, the other considerations are, is is there an opportunity or a solution where we can have impact? You know, diabetes as an example because we already have uh, expertise or or knowledge to be able to have an immense impact within that cohort already, then it becomes quite obvious for us. There's a, there's a, there's a solution, a healthcare solution here needed. We have a solution for it and we have the expertise to, to impact it. So, you know, it gets, it gets a big uh, tick. Mm. The case of the, the animal market. So, uh, animals are an interesting one particularly things like equine and and dogs because their metabolism is is so fast everything that happens that happens at an accelerated rate Mm -hmm. and microcurrent fits perfectly into this because it's subsensory so it's you know well tolerated by by the the animal (laughs) and two when we're having an impact it's quite obvious so things like injury things like wounds, things like stress recovery it's really quite obvious the impact we can have there and again it's a it's an underserved market. And then when you start looking at things like canine, so canine arthritis is you know, okay. one of the fastest growing areas of health concern for the canine population, you know, whether that's lifestyle, whether that's environmental, whether that's um, you know, things like uh, diet. Yeah. We, we don't have the solution for that. No, but what but we do have help. we have the ability to assist the animal in reduction of inflammation, the arthritis symptoms, and thus pain.
1: Wow. Okay. So let's jump back a little bit. So when when you first came up with the the, the idea for Neurocore and the, the range of products and what you were going to do, what was the reaction that you were getting from clinicians that you spoke to, or you know people who might want, like pharmacists, or what was the kind of reaction on the ground from from I would say more from a clinical perspective to what you were talking about?
0: So they tend to fall into. Um three primary groups (laughs) there are there are those that uh have knowledge of you know bioelectronics electrocylicals and so they understood it and then what they really wanted to know is you know what made us different how how were we doing what you know different to what was already in existence yeah so that was a reasonably easy conversation because there is just you know as you know we still look around for it but not that we've identified anyone doing things in the same way that we are. And that is actually what's attracted a lot of uh, our expertise within these areas because they've identified that, you know, we're doing things in alignment with how they feel they, should, they you know, should be developed. The second crowd is those who know a little bit and probably um, not in a positive way, mm. as in, you know, isn't that just a, a TENS machine, which is, a, an, you know, quite a redactive comment. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, th- or, or they sort of understand a little bit. And the first question is, where's you know, where, where's your evidence? Yeah, uh, where, where's the clinical evidence? So, in the first instance, because we formulate off of existing clinical evidence, so we look at the studies, we look at what yeah. parameters work, and we use that for formulating initially. Yeah. So that was the first stage for us. The second is uh, now that we have our own um, clinical. Uh, trials and studies uh, yeah. going with, with, you know, various groups, but, you know, these, these are really just to help us with validation. Yeah. The real objective going forward is around the optimization and continuously finding out what's working best. Mm. Um, so, uh, that has, has somewhat been overcome and as they've had first hand experience, you know, whether it's pharmacies, whether it's clinicians, whether it's GPs or, or pain specialists, um, uh, they've you know, had a had a turnaround in most cases, yeah,
1: well so that's what was really interested me about when we spoke before and then doing my own reading is that there's that this this weirdly this isn't like a new thing you know there's there's like there's bodies of research out there around the 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 clinical efficacy of you know nerve stimulation muscle stimulation things like that and um well, yeah, what you've done is really build on that to to develop your own formulations and your own sort of to your 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 own methodology and your own your own products. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of in a in a in a funny way. it's sort of is it, is it a bit like th- this? It's always been there, and and now you've just sort of brought it together in a in 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 the best way that you know how, sort of thing. <laughs>
0: Yes definitely that's where it started and uh 100% but the thing is we are still because it is such a new area i mean if we use galvani bioelectronics as an example please note that all information and content on uk health radio and our blog are provided by the authors of the mckinsey uh, article there's a, there's a few others but using them you know they were funded by gsk GlaxoSmithKline, klein and google verily life sciences and their focus is on implantable vagus nerve stimulators and mi- micro stimulators. To
1: and just to jump in, the vagus nerve is the m- primary nerve that connects the brain with the
0: abdomen. Is that correct? It, co- correct. It's, it's basically the nerve highway for the body. Okay, right. Um, so, you know, they have different objectives. And again, it's in the implantable um, market, but they are, it's, it's, it's such early stages of development. I mean, we are still discovering ourselves you know, various um, benefits and, you know, therapeutic uh, changes and applications within things that we are already operating with. So as far as I'm concerned, it's it's literally on, you know, the, the very early stage, the basics we've known for a long, long time. I mean, ancient Romans and Egyptians were using electric eels, electric fish for treating pain and, Right. And headaches, you know, thousands of years ago. Okay. Well, so, I'm, glad, um, I'm, I'm glad your
1: products moved slightly on since then. Exactly. Otherwise, yeah, I'm, not, yes. I'm not sure you're going to get as much pickup, you know, selling eels in a pharmacy as you. Yeah, I Um OK, so that. OK, so, so that that makes that makes sense. Um, and so how what, what, what um, in terms of the, um, the verticals that you've been working across? Mm-hmm. Or, or have worked across? How do you, or how have you gone about sort of gathering um, performance metrics or success metrics? Or how, how do you, because obviously you're, you know, you're a, a mission driven founder who founded this because of a personal issue that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you go about sort of talking about the bigger picture to, to, um, you know, document or demonstrate the success of of what you're doing?
0: So we've had. <sighs> I mean, the, the success we've had in the consumer market with the MVP products uh, has been, you know, self-evident. Okay. And that has, uh, we, we've actually created some spin-out products specifically for clinical use based off of uh, that hardware. Okay. Um, particularly in the, in the chronic pain market. Uh, because it's a big one, so uh, uh, that launch, for instance, that new product will launch in the in the US in the coming months, and then across Europe, Europe and and the UK. So I think the success there is is self evident. You know, we've proven that we know what we're doing in the formulas work, and you know, even on our consumer product, we provide a no questions asked, thirty day money back guarantee. Okay, um, which, you know, if you find me another medical device, that gives you that yeah, I And
1: mean, yeah. Is the feedback good? You're getting user satisfaction feedback and things like that. It,
0: exactly. I mean, it's been above uh, what we could have ever expected. Oh, wow. And uh, so I think that that success is, is quite self-evident. So it's given us not just the confidence, but I think the credibility, uh, you know, within these areas, because when you're talking about things like managing pain for a diabetic and we are specifically formulating product for diabetes patients as an example it's not a far reach from something that manages pain well uh you know uh, on on average it doesn't it's just that we're going to specialize it for that specific need Mm -hmm. um so that is sort of how it's how it's presented it's itself you know the success has been somewhat self-evident and now it's about scale and about um you know repeating that uh, across those verticals as well as scaling the actual size of distribution
1: okay and um what is um what what's the kind of current thinking around um or how are you differentiating differentiating yourselves from the other concepts in this space that that are available like for example i know in sport there's a few like you know, Power Dot and things like that, but mm-hmm. there, there might be a few other things. So, I think we've touched on it a little bit. But how, how is NeuroCore different to what otherwise might be available in different formats?
0: So, there's, I mean, it's a a question of, you know, if you were to select um, ten personal trainers or strength and conditioning coaches, okay, you know, that, that all may have their own uh, their own formulas, if you like. Mm -hmm. or how to achieve an outcome. And it's not to say that any of them are are, are wrong. And, um, you know, those coaches may have various uh, levels of success. So I can't say that anyone's doing it or we're doing it uh, better as in, you know, what we're providing already. Mm -hmm. But one thing that we, you know, one of our strengths is that development process around that optimising for not just the application Sure so Use strengthen as an example, but optimizing the application for the individual that's that 's the future for us. so what works for yourself, what works for Steve works best for Steve, and what works for Rick works best for rick that's the future right. for us so that's the biggest differentiator I think uh, around what we 're doing as well as obviously the the you know the clinical side of it, um, which we don 't see many of our competitors in the development space more in the product
1: space right so they're more focused on just trying to ship a product to consumers whereas you're interested in genuinely trying to develop medical devices that you know are medical devices under the the definition and um actually drive forward the the science
0: yeah we're, we're in correct we're interested in you know no longer is the argument about whether um electrical stimulation or electricity work that that's that's old hat yeah we've done that <laughs> we did that one it, yeah, the future conversation is about uh, how to make them better, how to make them more optimal, how to make them more efficient and uh, you know, how to make the outcomes, whether it is in human performance or whether it is in therapeutics, uh, how to make those outcomes better.
1: OK, so let's talk quickly about your, the, the pain clinics, because I think that's a really interesting one. Um, and that's obviously an evolution that you've taken beyond selling a product to an individual to use themselves. So mm-hmm. what, what are you doing with pharmacies and, and these, these pain clinics?
0: So I think um, you talked about earlier about the role of community pharmacy, and I think that you know community pharmacies for the whole are undervalued. Particularly, I think this has become evident, you know, through the global pandemic, and particularly in the UK, the the uh, you know the role they've had to play in everything from uh, you know still providing that uh, healthcare service in in some cases. Uh, where the NHS could not, uh, to, uh, you know, literally what their namesake is, and that is that they are a community yeah. um, pharmacy. So the pharmacies have been running um, pain clinics in-store so that people, you know, during lockdown, they could book a book a, uh, time to come in, but okay. um, now that they're open, uh, they're running them uh, s- sort of at more volume okay. where the, the people can come in and get a treatment and try the product. Cool. And it's been hugely su- successful. And, you know, what has happened is um, the standards of operation or the standard operation procedures and, and the, the pathway, the patient pathway for these pain pa- patients has fundamentally changed in practice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this this is a, a, a big one because, um, you know, the success that, they're, that the pharmacies are having uh, has sort of grown, taken on a life of its own and whereby you know they're running them more consistently and the 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 patient stories that are coming out of them are uh, you know very very uh positive for us but obviously very positive for the pharmacy and the patients
1: and was anything in I'm, I'm sort of also interested in sort of before neurocore you know mm-hmm. or, or also now mm-hmm. what other, someone has chronic pain they went through your pathway or, or any of the other issues that you deal with, but I think it's easy to relate to the chronic pain issue potentially as the pathway. Someone's been through multiple clinicians, physiotherapists, you know, take painkillers, have an anti-inflammatory, et cetera. You know, what, what other options are there in terms of, you know, other than Neurocore, or what was around when you first started, like what is the other sort of pathway just to continue on doing the same, you know, the same, the same thing. What's there?
0: Yeah, well, so some of our our um, clinicians and you know e- even some of our uh, team who who are clinicians or, or GPs talk about this pain ladder, right. and often what ends up happening is once the patients are on it, it tends to only go up, right, and and, and not down. You know, the it goes one way, correct, one way traffic. Yeah, and it's about you know it's about breaking that cycle, and. Through, through my own experience and, and still to, to this day with, you know, with practice in general, there's lots of things that are uh, tried and you know, there's, there's physical therapy, there's, uh, there's other interventions, and some of them uh, are, you know, they, they work and they're effective. Mm. But that's not the only criteria needed. What's needed is easy access, mm-hmm. easy to use. So the patient needs to be able, empowering. The patient needs to be able to take control of their own well, treatment and outcome. And
1: it, and it needs to be timely. I assume.
0: Well, yeah. Well, so, I assume. so you can have it in your pocket or your, or your bag, just like you would, uh, you know, a pharmaceutical intervention as and when you need it, or if you, if you do need it, not, you know, not to have to book in per se to, you know, to, to get a treatment.
1: Well Yeah. you Like it's, you know, the equivalent, I guess, would be, you don't, you don't book a doctor's appointment to go and take a paracetamol.
0: No. Take <laughs> a paracetamol. Yes. Um, so, you know, so meeting, I, I suppose, all of that criteria is, you know, where the positives have come from. Right. And, you know, some, some of the, well, the, not some, but the pharmacies that have come on board and continue to come on board have identified this quite, you know, quite quickly. And, and you know, thus have built off of it.
1: And um, what, what, what was this concept of a pain clinic happening in some way, shape or form prior to you doing anything in this space? Or is this
0: a, a new sort of concept? So I think, I mean, uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that it was a, a new uh, concept. I mean, uh, pharmacies would run uh, clinics or, or appointments for for various things. You know, whether yeah. it was uh, nutrition, whether it was weight loss, whether it was diabetes. You know, they would they would uh, run these consultations previously, and but what what has happened is that I suppose what the sheer level of success that they're having. Mm with the with the product with the therapy right. has is what it's been built off because you can you can run any type of clinic you like and you know they they run many different types of clinics but it's only going to endure if it's you know if it's working successfully it's effective Whereas, yeah i mean it has to be successful for the patient for one yep. but it also has to be successful for the pharmacy from from an economic yeah. perspective um and you know is it improving their own um, credibility and, and and value to the to the patient
1: Great. Well, I think that's a, I, honestly, I think that's a great innovation. You know, I can, I can imagine that chronic pain, I mean, look, I've, I've had back issues over the last six months, I wouldn't say it's anywhere close to chronic pain, but, you know, it's, it's, it, as you say, it's isolating, it's debilitating, you know, it, it affects your mental health, because you feel like you're only, you're only capable of a percentage of what you are otherwise capable of. Mm-hmm. So anything that helps with that, I think, is uh, anyone, that incre- anything that increases access there, I think, is a, a fantastic idea. So what, what's, you know, we've got a few minutes left on the show. So what's next for NeuroCore? I know you've got very, very big plans and your, your technology can be applied in different areas. But over the next 12 months, what are the one or two top top things for the, for the business?
0: So the, the, the biggest area for us, I mean, ha- hardware Hardware is a is a given. I mean, our hardware is okay. You know, it's not it's not groundbreaking. It was our MVP, but going forward, um, our our hardware becomes modular. What okay. that means is that it becomes more uh, personalized, wearable by way of application. Again, fitting into not just digital health, but fitting into lifestyle you know what people expect you know if you'd said to someone 10 years ago 15 years ago you know be measuring your your heart rate on health apps through your watch they would have said yeah uh, continuously
1: yes in the background <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah you know we, we're moving into the biosensor sensor phase um you know at the moment things like um blood glucose uh, monitoring is is taking off and all of the advantages of being able to uh, build in real-time censoring so yep. this is an, definitely an area uh, that we are working on at the moment adding to that the hyper personalization again this is where pharmaceuticals are also headed you know no longer is systemic and blanket dosing um, that's not that's not enough anymore you know it okay. has to be uh, dosage specific to the individual patient's needs mm. and it's in you know, it's a similar pathway for us And that is around the precision medicine, if you like, uh, of the application of electrocyticals. So that's that's the future around your device learning what's best for you and optimising that for you. And that is, uh, going forward, the differentiator for NeuroCore versus, you know, other players is that data belongs to NeuroCore. Mm. And, um, you know, it's not something that someone can copy or, or... or emulate unless they've got their own you know they can have their own data just like you know a lot of the dna companies do but ultimately yep. our data is our data and the, the individual's data for their uses is, is is theirs
1: mm. interesting and what do you think in terms of the entire field of bioelectronics and electroceuticals what do you think is you know the top one or two huge developments that in in the field that, that are likely to happen in the next 12 to 24 months
0: So if, if the uh, implantables uh, make a product? <laughs> if, if they actually uh,
1: manage to get a product together, it's basically uh, what you're going uh, to stay uh, in a nice way.
0: <laughs> I hope I don't get attacked for this. But, no, um, I,
1: I just, that was my, that was me. That's not working. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: you know, that, there's no doubt they have the potential there to, to have impact. But by the same token, I think that there's a huge potential for impact in the wearable, non-invasive space you know whereby it just fits into your lifestyle you 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 wear it like you would a, a piece of clothing yeah uh, and it's providing therapy that's beneficial
1: mm-hmm.
0: so pain is, is one but I think that the micronization and the wearability and electrocegicals fitting into lifestyle uh, is you know it's it that they will be hard to compete mm-hmm. they'll be hard to, to, to have competition within that type of application
1: okay and just before we go